0: Turn your Bibles to Luke 17. Uh, my name is Greg Campbell. I have the uh, the privilege and the honor uh, of being able to do this message today. Uh, I've been a disciple for about nine years now. I've uh, been in the ministry for seven of those years, and I leave with my beautiful wife, who is in the back. She is like I only one of the guys today. I said, I would love it, babe. But... Um, Her and I, we both believe and serve the campus ministry in Lexington, Kentucky, and oversee the campus ministries there. Primarily, we're at the University of Kentucky, and God is honestly doing amazing things. And um, I can't take credit for anything that's going on there because it's very obvious of what God is doing. And so today, even with that said, I don't want to make this about myself. I don't want to make this about you guys. I don't want to make this about our movement. I, I don't want to come to you guys with with eloquence or, or human wisdom, I, I only want to be resolved to know simply Christ and Him crucified and His need for His Holy Spirit. And honestly, I'm coming to you guys and in, in trembling and in, in, in my weaknesses, and I honestly just want this to demonstrate the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, because I want you guys to leave here to have this increase of faith, not because of human wisdom or logic, but simply because of the power of God. Okay. So before we get started, I want to say a quick prayer. Father, Abba, God, you are amazing. Father, your power is, is vast. God, you you know everything. God, you, you you are so powerful in a way that we can't even fathom. And God, I just pray that through your power and your Holy Spirit that you fill and flood this room, Father. God, just let it be evident that people can hear what Your Holy Spirit wants them to hear. God, God, remove me and just use me as a vessel. God, let me just hear Your voice and not my own. And as we go through this, God, just use me as a slave. God, God, I want nothing more than just to hear, just for people to leave here inspired, not not just this this another just spiritual event, God, but something that they can go and take and, and live out for the rest of their lives, God. Yeah. God, please allow me to deliver your message for people who desire solid food and not spiritual milk. God, thank you so much just for the the words that you have given each and every one of us. God, thank you so much for the spirit that you give each and every one of us. Let us all be united perfectly in spirit today. And I pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. I am free, but I am priceless. You can't own me, but you can use me. You can't keep me, but you can spend me. But once you've lost me, you can never get me back. I am time. If you had $86,400 a day, you can't save it, but you have to spend it every single day. How would you use it? $86,400. How would you use that on a day to day basis? A lot of us, we could think about, okay, just the lavishness of life and things that we can buy with this money. Some of us think about, okay, we got school debt or other debts that we need to pay off. Some of us can think, why don't I invest this in something greater in the future? Every single day, We have 86,400 seconds every single day. And once the second is gone, we can't get it back. So my question for you guys, in different aspects of life, how have you used this money? For those who who are in college, how has the semester been? How have you spent this money, this time? For those who are more mature in age, here recently in this year, how have you spent this time? Time is one of the most precious things we have. And when we're honest, like we, there's a conversation, there's not enough hours in a day. I wish there was more time that I could have so I can get X, Y, Z done. But all that statement shows is, it's something that we want the most but it's something that we use the worst. Today, I want us to really hear clear about just this timeline. we don't want this, this whole conference about now because we don't have time to wait anymore. The need for us as men to grow up and to really use this, this spiritual food that God has given us and to use it wisely is now. Not later, but now, immediately, at the present time. We have to die to the spirit of eventually. Eventually, I'll move. Eventually, I'll walk in the spirit. Eventually, I'll stop making excuses. Rather than say, now, I choose to walk in the spirit. Now, I will stop making excuses. I will stand up for Christ in the crowd where no one else is watching. I will now use the tools God has given me to walk in faith. Not by sight or feelings. So often, in us wasting time and waiting, we have started to make God's church about us rather than about God. The other day I was in Chipotle, which is one of my favorite places to eat. And uh, I saw this guy. He had this shirt on. And on the back it said, this place was made for you. And it was this local non-denominational church who has gone through a lot of scandals. And I'm like, this is what this world has come to. Or we're looking for places. They're looking for places that fits them. And I think in the same way, we can succumb to the same exact things. Or we can complain. Going against the things that we know to be true and not walking in faith. Because we want Christianity to be about us. And then in this, in this whole demeanor, we, we, we are battling, you know, having the Holy Spirit unleashed in our lives, when we're actually taming the Spirit because we're walking by sight, not by faith. And then we're wondering, why is my Christianity not filled with thrills? Why is my Christianity mediocre? When we make Christianity about ourselves, we live a life of thrills with no cost. But however, you think of the life that God has in for- like ahead of us, it's this lifetime investment, this everlasting joy. But that only comes with you paying the price of self. I think the reason why we waste time is so often we get stuck on these elementary teachings. In Hebrews 6, it says the Hebrew teachings are this repenting from sin, the discipleship basics, debating baptism, and this idea of heaven and hell. And we waste time. Some of us waste time because I guarantee there's some of us in here who struggle with having daily, consistent times with God. Not reading your Bible, simply reading your Bible, but actually spending time with God. Then there's others who who are not focused on what God wants for their life because they're so focused on the sin that's plaguing your life. Rather than walking in spirit like we're commanded. And I'm saying this out of my own guilt of me wasting time, wasting time on this plaguing sin rather than walking humbly in spirit. Not seeing what's at hand. In Ephesians 5 it says we need to make the most... Out of every opportunity because the days are evil. I think this is a warning to all of us that, like, we can't waste time because everything around us is evil. And I think we understand that from a logical and just you turn on the news and see it. But I don't think we believe it by the way that we use the time in our lives. Do you believe that these days are evil? Do you honestly believe? that the days are evil. What does your life say? That will dictate what you truly believe. This class is not just for the mature people. I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking louder that no matter what class someone goes to, they'll get something very similar to what God wants you to hear today. And today I want to share with you how the Holy Spirit has desperately opened my eyes to see Because of the spiritual battle. That we are all in. Now the spirit. Used this summer. To really open my eyes. And it took. A sister that I thought. Would never walk away from God. To walk away. To finally get me to see. The spiritual battle that we're in. And this is a girl. Who. The day before she decided to leave, she was at my house. We were praying together in a group and I'm listening to this girl's prayer. I'm like, man, this girl is so in love with God. And then we talked afterwards, had this mutual edifying conversation. I'm just like, man, this is so amazing. I can see her doing amazing things for God in the future. And then the next day, there's a letter at my door from her. And why she left, I felt betrayed. And in that moment, there's this this moment of grief because I was like, God, if, if 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 Satan can take her out, what about me? I saw her as more in touch and in tune with God because of her prayer. I'm like, what about me? And then I realized we're seriously in a battle we're seriously in a battle. That none of us is above getting taken out by Satan, and that all of us are in a fight. That either we're fighting in this fight, or we're getting our tail kicked. And so often when we waste time, we're so focused on ourselves rather than the battle at hand, that we're being a hindrance to the army of God. The time to mature is now. And I think what we're missing more than anything is faith. True faith. A simple, true faith. It is the foundation of our belief in salvation. It's rooted in the truth of who Jesus Christ is. It's what fuels the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 11 1, we know what it says, but when you actually go to the Greek, it says something truly profound it says the firm faith is the firm foundation of trust in the power of the unseen god that has proven and tested in whom our convictions lie saying that our faith isn't blind or wishful thinking that it stands on something that's that's a proven fact and truth that has stood the test that is why our faith is true while our faith can move mountains why it's easily black and white and not overly complicated. The faith we're called to have is simple and I want to make that clear today. It's really simple. And the need to have this simple faith is now. The title today is the need for simple faith is now. This is something God has allowed me to come to a conviction of and it's honestly transformed my life. And I feel honored to be able share this. In Luke 17, verse 1, it says, Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to say to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. And this passage is very simple. He's talking to his disciples. to talking about things that cause people to stumble or are bound to come. And he goes on to say, you know, if someone causes them to stumble, they have a millstone cut around their neck. But that if your brother sins against you, forgive them. That even if they, if they sin against you seven times in one day, saying, I repent, you are to forgive them. And we like to think if someone sin against us either rather it be seven times do the same thing or seven different things in the same day saying I repent I don't think any of us would believe them Mm -hmm. but he'd be like you didn't really mean that but he's saying we must forgive them in the same way that we think like I don't think they would really mean that the apostles thought the exact same thing and simply said increase our faith Mm -hmm. And he gives them this parable saying, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this mulberry tree, which is known to have really, really deep roots, you can say this tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea." And I'm sure like if you think about that now, and they even thinking like that's impossible. How is that possible? He's not talking about God, Jesus is not talking about the amount of faith they have, but the kind of faith that they have. A mustard seed amount of faith can accomplish great or impossible things if that faith is placed in a mighty God. The disciples thought they needed their faith to increase when actually they needed to take their faith out from themselves and put it into God Himself. My first point is simply this. A simple faith is one of power. Let's just say I loan Jack up here 20 bucks. And let's just say tomorrow he's supposed to give me this $20, right? So in this, I have faith that Jack will give me $20 tomorrow. That's pretty reasonable. That's not absurd. And for you to think that I have faith that he'll give me $20, you're like, that's that makes sense. Because it's based on three simple things. One. Jack is real. He's right here in front of your face. Two, he's a disciple, so I'm hoping he's trustworthy. And three, which is a subset of one and two, is that I have a relationship with Jack. But let's, for example, or illustration say, let's just say before tomorrow comes around, I don't know, he gets hit by a car and dies. Protected Jesus.
1: <laughs> let's just say this happens.
0: Does this mean my faith in him was invalid? No. No. Does it mean that he's any less trustworthy? No. No. It simply means that he did not have enough power to live up to my faith. And In the same way, I'm just saying who we put our faith in is essential to how strong our faith is. Who we put our faith in Is essential to how strong our faith is. So what? So what makes sense of whom we should put our faith in? What about the one who does what he says? The one who is eternal. The one who knows the future. The one who knows you. The one who has revealed himself through nature and his word. The one you know who who truly unconditionally loves you. He's the truly and only one trustworthy. To put all of our faith in. Faith in God is a response in truth and reality and not this blind leap of faith or wishful thinking. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith is impossible, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. This true, simple faith in God. It simply comes from those who truly know who God is. If we struggle to have this simple faith in this, impa- in this powerful God, I would question your relationship with God. Like I said earlier, some people struggle with having times with God every single day, and I guarantee you their faith is weak because they don't know God. So I ask you, Whom have you placed your faith on? Who have you placed your faith in? Who do you depend on when things are difficult? Who do you depend on when fears arise? But even more, who do you have faith in when things go well? If it isn't anything, if it's in anything other than God, a life of impossibilities will either be apparent in your life or will eventually come. What are the times you place your faith in man or yourself? For myself, when things get difficult and I know what the right thing to do is, I will plant my feet in the ground and grind. I will work hard rather than simply being like God you have to do this you have to do this you want this more than I do I think about last semester and um, I was doing the right things that I know to be true but If I'm being honest, I didn't believe that God was actually going to come through. And I got to this point of just like, something's wrong. Like, like, if I'm doing the right things, I'm following the commands, these, 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 these promises should happen. But I didn't see. And I had to have a gut check. And let me tell you guys, Dude, when I told you what woke me up to see, I've got to this point where I honestly believe in the power of God. And it it was tested where I remember I had to just honestly just be honest with God. And I remember weeping, saying that I don't believe. I doubt your power. Simply based on my logic and my experience. But God, if you were God, I need you to work. And to show me that you are God. This 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 semester, we had our first like welcome week event, and we were like fired up because we got like on the uh, the the University of Kentucky like app, and like we we're like in the brochure, so we we're like, all right, like let's make this great. And then we had freshmen move in early in the day. And we had, our event was this outdoor barbecue and grill where we wanted to feed all these students and just play basketball. We went to go do Fresh Movement and it was pouring rain. And it was coming down a lot. And like we had these ponchos on but they didn't really help at all. And it started to die down but it was always gloomy. But I looked at the forecast And it was like, wow, there's another wave coming right, right 30 minutes before our event starts. It's going to end 30 minutes after our event ends. And I'm just like, like, can we just like get a break? And I remember like after I go to um, uh, Sean Kirkland, he's our event, he's my discipler, and we got some time afterwards, and I'm like eating food and I'm like honestly discouraged, and he's just talking, I'm not listening to a word he has to say, to be honest. And I I was like, bro, I'm not listening to anything you're saying. I'm sorry. No disrespect. I said, here's what's going on in my heart. Just help me. And then he tells me this story about how he was at team camp and they prayed for God to put the hole in the clouds. And it happened. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's true. Okay, whatever. That's the right thing to do. And I finally go home. I was like, all right, we have... An hour and some change before this this event starts, Doppler still says the same thing. You know what? I'm just gonna take a nap and just wake up to see what happens. And so I go to my house and I see the couch is really it looks really 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 comfy, and uh, I'm about to fall on And I just felt like something just gripped me, and I kind of heard like this voice, kind of like my dad when I would get caught doing something I shouldn't be doing. It's like, "Boy, you really not going to pray?" It's like, oh man, <laughs> uh, and so. I, I went outside, I was like, all right, I'm going to pray. And I remember we sitting in my background just looking up at the sky like, what are you even say, man? Like, I'm out here, God. Like, I'm out here. Was, and, then, and as I started to pray and started to confess these doubts even more, I was like, God, I know that Sean said you put a hole in the clouds. But if you really are God, you can do way more than that. I said, God, if you are God, I said, don't even let this storm come even near Lexington Put this thing down the middle, go north, go south of Lexington, if you really are God, and I believe you really can do this. And I said this as an amen, I'm like, I'm going to go take a nap. (laughs) Took a 30-minute nap. I went there, went took a nap, it was like, oh, still the same. I woke up, 30 minutes later, looked at the Doppler. This storm was sliced in half, and it went north of Lexington, south of Lexington, and it didn't even come close. To where we are, Amen. and I saw this thing. I was just kind of like, all right, I'm done. I don't doubt anymore, God. You are God. What am I thinking? And I was like, I got it all figured out now. was like I am nothing. You're everything. You're a man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like so. It's just like prayer has been my safe haven, and I'm saying this to inspire you and for you to ask yourself, what are the doubts? What are the things that's holding you back from putting your full faith in God? It could be pain that you've experienced, it could be unanswered prayers, your circumstances, your insecurities of your abilities, and saying, why did God make me like this? Rather than seeing that God made you like this because he wanted to use you to demonstrate his power to help others who are just like you. What I realized in my doubts was simply, I'm putting my faith in myself. That's why I doubt so I'm like I can't I can't split the skies God that's why I'm doubting God I can't change people's hearts that's why I'm doubting but when we place our faith in ourselves we hear what God says we are capable of and think that it's impossible and then we become so self-focused and things think we say oh well was me I'm terrible And then we see other people who are like fired up and and we say, why is God blessing their life and not mine? And we can become bitter and jealous of those who are doing well. Rather than seeing that they're not more special than we are. They just have a simple faith. A simple faith that each and every one of us can have. They were baptized into Christ just like you. Every single one of us, every single one of us in here has been transformed by God. Every single one of us is a walking temple of God. I want to tell you how big God is and how awesome and amazing you are because of how awesome and amazing God is. In Hebrews 1, it talks about how Jesus is the true heir. It talks about how he is superior to the angels And if you look in the Old Testament, how one angel wiped out 185,000 people and said that Jesus is more superior than they are. These beings that are stronger than father, these beings that are his servants, Jesus is more superior. And then at the end of the chapter, it says that those who will inherit salvation, they will be able to minister and minister to the angels in the same exact way. Way, Because they are also superior to the angels. In Romans 8, 17, it talks about how we are co-heirs to the throne. Just as Jesus is an heir to the throne, how he commands the angels. How he's superior to angels. Every single one of us. We are superior to angels. Angels bend to our whim as we pray in faith in the will of God. Some of you guys look at me like, what is this dude talking about? (laughs) This is solid food, guys! This is solid food! Do you believe that you are superior to angels? Do you believe that you are superior to angels? If we believe in the scriptures, this is what the scriptures say about us. And when I think about this, I get fired up like, man, Nothing can stop God. I I walk with a new confidence, but also there's this overwhelming sense of unworthiness mm-hmm. where I'm like, What did I do to even deserve this? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, I think we need to remember when was the last time we simply believed that God can do anything? When was the last time you believed God could do anything? I think we all understand it theoretically, like it's God, He big bang, everything, you know, he can do anything he wants. But sometimes we forget. We forget that, especially when we have these situations in our life, like either it's relationships or plaguing sin in our life where we just desire to see God change someone's heart. We can doubt. But I want to challenge you to something simple. Next time you begin to doubt, next time you start to think that God can't change that situation, confess it. Not only to your brothers, but confess it to God. And to think, what is it going to look like for me to simply believe? Luke one thirty seven says, nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. It's that simple. And in this idea of simple faith, it's, it's, it's a powerful faith. And it can't stop with just a simple belief. But it has to have some deeds to back behind it.
1: Because we can have this
0: amazing faith in God and just like, all right, God, do this, do that. Give me the job that I've always wanted. Hey, you gotta like put some applications in there, man. Mm-hmm. I'll help you out, but you gotta do your part as well. Mm-hmm. Our faith in the commands of God will requ- require obedience in order for us to see the power of God at work in our life. My last point is simple faith. Is one of obedience. Let's go back to Luke chapter 17. Verse 7 it says, Suppose one of you had the servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now, sit down to eat? Won't you rather say, prepare my supper and get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Well, he thanked the servant because he, he, was, uh, he did what he was told to do. So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Jesus gives this parable. This, this this relationship between the master and the bondservant. A bondservant was someone who, it would translate to slave as well, but they were someone who, they didn't have a trade or anything, they didn't have any special skills, and they you know what? I got needs I need to take care of, you got the resources, let me bond myself to you, and I, I can serve you all day, but in return, you're gonna take care of my needs, okay?
1: And so the job of the
0: service is simply serve But then he 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 poses this question like, will the master say, won't you won't you come and eat rather than prepare my supper? Like, no. Will he thank him for doing his job? No. We can look at that in our Western mindset, in American mindset that we're we're super polite, and so someone serves, we're like, oh, thank you. I'm not saying you shouldn't say thank you, by the way. However, what I'm saying is we simply need to look outside of our culture and to walk like humble servants, unworthy servants, and simply do our job. Jesus said, after you've done everything you were told to do, simply say you've only done your duty when you're an unworthy servant. Let me ask you guys this. Do you guys go to work or class? And when you get there, you expect your teacher, or your boss to say, hey, thanks for showing up today. <laughs> Do you expect that? No, no. Why? It's part of the job. It is part of the job. We understand regardless if it's school or if it's work, that they gave us an opportunity. All right they gave us an opportunity to to learn to acquire knowledge to be able to help us in our career or if it's a job it's simply to have resources to be able to live we would never expect them to thank us because we're like i need you more than you need me because i understand that i am replaceable and you have what i need so i can survive we would never walk into a class or we would never walk into our jobs and say you know what I'll get my work done, like, on my own time. Or we wouldn't say, you know what? This makes me uncomfortable, so you know what? I'm not going to do this. Sorry about you. If that was our attitude in class, you get a big fat F. If this was your attitude at your job, you'd be fired. However, what's sad is, many of us can have this attitude towards God and His commands. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll get to this. Yeah, I know you've been telling me, God, I need to do this for a very, very, very long time. But, you know, this goes against who I am. And you know what? This is going to be hard. and cost a lot of sacrifice. I don't know if I can do that. Where are you this morning? We should have the attitude of an unworthy servant. He has exactly what we need. He has everything that we need. He wants to supply our needs and to bless us. If we believe God is God, we have nothing to worry about. Nothing. But the question is, do we see ourselves as unworthy this morning? Do you see yourself as unworthy? Not like this... this Unworthiness, like some of think, oh, I'm, I'm a terrible person, I'm scum, I'm lower than scum, you know, I can't even, don't even look at me, I'm terrible, I have no talents. But it's simply, it's simply realizing that this master has done so much for us that we can never repay him. And that the fact that we're able to serve him is enough to at least somewhat pay back the amount of love that they've given us through their acts. You know this duty of serving him comes out of a compelling gratitude realizing that you think of what God did for us by sending Jesus to the cross was out of nothing but pure love. Yeah, right. Simply that and that alone. And we can forget what God has, has done for us and when we forget that we forget the foundation of basic simple faith. If we've been cleansed then Jesus is our savior. If we've been cleansed then Jesus is our lord we have been made new we have been these we are now these co-heirs we are no longer sinners too often we hear it's like man we're all sinners no we're not we have been justified by his blood we've been reconciled through his life do we still sin yeah so that makes you a sinner no why is that the grace of god you see what i'm saying when we start to say we're still sinners, we're giving ourselves, we're forgetting what God has made us into. Do you believe that you've been cleansed? How's your obedience to Christ? How's your obedience? If we aren't obedient, we miss, we are missing the compelling force of faith. And that is the love of God. And in our disobedience. Or just not obeying it at all or just going against it. We're saying that. You know, God, you said Jesus had died for nothing. That is what our actions really say. I say this because I don't want to overcomplicate faith because the need for this room to rise in simple faith is now. Right. Simple faith is trusting that God uses power and love by saving us and that when we walk in obedience and believe in who he is, he will work for us. I say this because this is something I've honestly had to come to terms with. I want you guys to have a clear view of who I am and not assume because I've been given a speaking role or that I'm in the ministry that I'm just just this super spiritual dude. That's not the case. I look at the last five months compared to the first five months of the year, it's night and day. The first five months of the year, I, I, I understood how people viewed me. And I used it to coast. I used it to either have lackluster times with God or to go days, weeks without opening my Bible and reading because I knew what it said. I'd have, I wouldn't pray as much as I should and yeah, I would share my faith. I'd be in Bible studies but I'm not praying for them. I'm like, okay, if they go through this, they'll become disciples and forgetting that it's the Holy Spirit that brings on conversion. And so long, as just like this went on, I began to doubt who I am. I began to doubt that, am I really doing, am I really a minister of, of Christ? And I started to see, as I based my faith on my own capabilities, I became more and more insecure. I'd be around other staff people and try to portray something that I'm really not. Rather than being humble and saying, hey, this is where I'm lacking my faith. Lacking my faith. Here's my real life. And as I said, when God shook me awake, I had to choose. Am I going to believe? Believe in my power or in the power of God? And I looked at what God has given me. He gave each and every one of us this victory. And all we have to do is just walk to go get it. And so I say, either God is God or he's not. So I'm going to choose to walk in obedience to Christ, despite how I feel about it. And now let me tell you, it's become who I am. I don't even recognize who I am anymore. And it's not to boast about me, but to boast about the transformative power of God in a short amount of time. When I pray, I honestly start to believe that these things will happen. This semester has been crazy. Like, I see these things on a day-to-day basis, but I'm just like, alright, just gonna show off now, huh? Alright. You the man, you the man. Like, for instance, like I my wife and I were going to Africa in a couple weeks. And then when I kind of realized that, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna miss like the whole month of November. There's these Bible studies that I'm in. There's this, that, and the other. I'm just trying to like. All right, God, look, man, so um, I'm doubting, like, this This goal is still possible because of my own experience and just what I see and what makes logical sense. However, put you in the picture, anything's possible. So I was like, God, you got to work. Like, seriously, dude, I'll do my part in walking obedience, but you have to work. Send me those people who are low-hanging fruits. One day I'm on campus, and some of us, we have these guys who have come around before, They kind of like, they're friends with the ministry, but they don't really like say the Bible or come out to church consistently. And this guy named Evanston comes up to me as I'm talking to some sisters on campus. He's like, how are you doing, man? I was like, no, let me tell you how I'm doing. I'm doing great. Here's why. God is awesome. And as I'm like sharing all these things, he looks at me and goes, can I come with you to share your faith? Sure. And then as I prayed about it, I was like, I don't know why I feel weird. I feel really weird about this. And I remember praying about it. And the only thing that, that that I would hear God say is like, I'm trying to prove a point. I don't know what that point is, but let me see. And so we go share our faith together. And at the end, he goes, hey, is there like a, a book of the Bible to read or like a, a book that you read that, that really helps you with evangelism? I was just like, ah, there's, there's something out there. But he goes, I, I really want you to teach me. Can you teach me? Okay. And I'm like, well, why? He goes, you were talking to this guy over here and for some reason I felt like you were talking to me. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, let's meet <laughs> up for a Bible study tomorrow. Okay. So we met up for a Bible study and uh, no joke, we did discipleship, I was like, hey, what's the difference between Christian disciples? he like, said, oh, know yeah. this, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go to the scripture and see what it says. And uh, at the end of this scripture, so you're telling me that Christian disciple are the same. I'm like, yeah, he goes, oh, I'm not a Christian. What? Yeah, he goes, I'm not a Christian. He goes, actually, I don't think I've ever been a Christian. He goes, I don't think my family's a Christian. Wow, this makes so much sense. And I'm sitting there just like, I looked at him and said, you're playing me, aren't you, man? He's like, why would I, why, why would I be lying about this? And I'm like, this never happens. The next day, we have a word study. 2 Timothy 3, at the end of that scripture, he goes, okay, you know what, I think I know what you're saying. I need to start reading my Bible every single day and put it into practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing anything! <laughs> and then he goes, I said, hey, when do you want to do this again? He goes, you don't understand. I'm not a disciple. This means this is the utmost urgency. Wow. We need to get together every day. Wow. <laughs> Oh, okay and I'm just like you're awesome like this is unreal this is unreal and there's so many other stories to really tell and honestly we can, I can talk about this all day and the amazing things that God is doing in Lexington but what I'm saying to all of you is that I dream for you guys to have these stories in your life I dream for each and every one of us to have this simple faith and all it does is it takes simple obedience And if we just simply wake up and listen to what the Spirit is saying to each and every one of us, we can have this life. All All of us can have this life to simply believe in the power of God. How is the Holy Spirit calling you to live in obedient gratitude today? Hmm. How is the Holy Spirit calling you to live in obedient gratitude today? For some, it might be just simply, you know what, I need to start spending intimate time with God. For some, it's it's walking in faith and loving others, especially those who are hard to love. Forgiving those who have hurt you. And showing them the same love God has shown you every single day. Maybe it's for some of us who have a sober judgment of ourselves through the scriptures and start getting serious about your walk with God. Yeah. And rather than your own idea or opinion of who you think you are. Maybe it's sharing your faith with other people. Not simply inviting people to church that's good too, I don't want to deter that but sharing your faith with other people being intentional and I'll be honest with you, this is the thing that's helped me more than anything else where we had this 52 day challenge that ended on Thursday where every single day me and 10 dudes shared our faith every single day on campus for 52 days and let me tell you that is when I saw the power of God unleashed in the intentionality and really like in the in the in the fatigue and like I really don't want to be here and really relying on God to work. That is when we saw God work. Like you talk to any, any of the guys from Lexington, you'll hear crazy stories. And it's only the power of God. My challenge for all you got today is this figure out what it is that you need to walk in obedience in today. And don't wait till after this conference is over. Start today. Our ministries need all of us to mature and to take the initiative in our walk with God to really mature in obedience through simple faith. Because the truth is this. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their, their, their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. And it's up to us to use the opportunity that we have to change the world because we all have one guaranteed thing. We're all going to die. And at the end of that, we're going to look back at our life and either be like, praise God, I used, I used my life to its fullest. Or we're going to live in regret because there's more that we could have done. Simple faith is powerful because of God, the man who created everything, lives in us What can't we do? When we grasp all this, we'll be able to live a life of confidence and freedom and awe of God. So I urge you to stop wasting time doubting your abilities and start to trust and put your faith in God. And be the disciples God has created you to be. And then realize who God is and look up to the heavens with the utmost certainty. And to be say and to say in humble gratitude. To whom will I compare you? Or who is your equal? Only the Holy One. I lift up my eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? You who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of your great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. I have heard, I have understood, you, Lord, or the everlasting God, the Creator in the ends of the earth. You will not grow tired or weary, and your understanding, no one can fathom. Amen. Amen.